ओन्नो मित्रुण शोत्र बृहस्पति शो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो वायमेव प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामि सत्यं वदिष्यामि तन्मामवदु तद्वक्तारमवदु मां अवतु वक्तारम ओम शांति 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 ओम सहनावदु सहनो भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेद्वहै ओ शाति 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 ओ यदसृषभ विश्व छंदोभ्योध्यमृतासंबूव समेन्द्र मेधयाणारण भूयासम शरीर मे विचर्षण जिह्वा मे मधुमत्तमा कर्णाभ्यां भूरी विश्रुव ब्रह्मण कोशोसी मेधया पीद श्रुत मे गोपाय ओ शाति 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 ओ अहम वृक्ष कीर्ति पृष्ठंगिरेव ऊर्धपवित्रोवाजिनीवस्वृतमस्मे द्रविण गुंसवर्चस सुमेधाक्षिशंखोर्वेदाचनम शाति 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 पूर्णमदूर्णमद पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवशिष्य ओ शाति 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 श्रुतिस्मृतिपुरा आलयंकुणाल नमा भगवत्दशंकोकशंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे पुनः 
ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेरे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांग मनसगोचरम अवांग मनसगोचरम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अतीतद्वैतभानदह अतीतद्वैतभान गुरूनाराध्य वेदांत गुरूनाराध्य वेदांत सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे we are in the process of discussing the so called linga for tatpari nirna for ascertaining the tatpariya the purport of the text what are those linga or those characteristic signs which we find or which we look for in order to ascertain the tatpariya what is it that the text wants to convey and we yesterday discussed three of them upakrama upasamhar with reference to sandogya upanishad upakrama upasamhar the beginning as well as the conclusion how both are one ekameva dvitiyam how the sixth chapter of chandogya upanishad begins with an introduction of brahman which is one without a second and it concludes also aitadatmam sarvam that the whole universe has brahman as it as its atman whole universe was before its creation brahman one without a second and brahman is the self for the essence of the whole universe showing thereby sarvam khalu idam brahma all this is indeed brahman and brahman alone is there is nothing other than brahman this is the theme or this is a vision that the upanishad wants to impart everything is brahma everything is god <coughs> then second is the abhyasa how this theme was communicated to the disciple the repetition of this theme nine times tatvamase 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 that the word that the word that the word that brahman you are and if you are brahman then everything you is representative of a given entity this can be said to everyone so when udalaka says to shwetaketu you are brahma that can be said to everything and therefore that's what it, it amounts to saying that everything is brahman wherever there is a sense of individuality i that i is indeed brahma that is what the upanishad revealed nine times in different ways that shows that that is where the commitment is that is what the upanishad is devoted to revealing then apurvada what is there is some must be some uniqueness what is the uniqueness of upanishad what is it that the upanishad reveals which knowledge is not available by any other means of knowledge and that is what we call this advitiya vastu the truth which is advitiyam one without a second for the simple reason that the other means of knowledge available to us namely perception 
by the level of sense sense organs, well, they cannot grasp Brahman. Adresham, agrahyam, agotram, avaranam. So that which cannot be seen or perceived, which cannot be grasped, which cannot be thought of, naturally the sense organs in the mind, they have no competence with reference to objectifying Brahman. And therefore, the means of knowledge available to us at our disposal are not competent to know Brahman. So Upanishad, the, the knowledge revealed by the, the Upanishad, the knowledge that they reveal is the only Pramanam. In that sense, we say that Upanishad contributes something which is unique. It has uniqueness. So, and uniqueness is that it reveals that which is not available for knowledge by any other means of knowledge. Or it was also said, how Brahman cannot become the object of knowledge of mind or sense organs because it is self-revealing and therefore it does not require to be revealed by any other means of knowledge. In that sense we can say that Brahman also is a Purvada. So Upanishad has a Purvada and Brahman also is a Purvada. Upanishad has a Purvada or uniqueness in as much as it reveals Brahman which is not the mean, which is, which cannot be known by any other means of knowledge. And Brahman also is unique in as much as it is self-effulgent and therefore doesn't have to be known. So in this manner, Apurvata. Apurvata means originality or uniqueness. As I said, every Pramanam, every means of knowledge has its uniqueness. What the eyes can do, no other means of knowledge can do. And what the sense of touch can do, no other means of knowledge can do. So that is called Pramanam, the means of knowledge which always has uniqueness. <coughs> and similarly also, the uniqueness of Upanishad is in that it reveals Zadvitiyavastu, this truth of the self which is one without a second. Tantva Upanishadam Purusham Prachami. As it is quoted from Bhadaranika Upanishad, it is said, Aupanishadam Purusham. Purusham means the self. Purusham means person. Person means the self. Aupanishadam Purusham. That self which is revealed only by Upanishad. Please teach me that. <coughs> Okay, now we proceed to the next one here, which is phalam. Phalam means the result, which is uh, described in the passage 188 on the page 106. Phalantu, phalantu, prakarana pratipadyasya, Prakarana Pratipadhyasya Atmagnyanasya Atmagnyanasya Tadanushthanasya Chava Tadanushthanasya Chava Tatra Tatra Shruyamanam Prayojanam Yatha Tatra Acharyavan Purusho Veda Acharyavan Tasya Tavadeva Chiram Yavata Navimokshye Atha Sampatsye Iti Advitiya Vastugnyanasya Tatpraptihi Prayojanam Shruyate Phalam to, phalam means the utility, or the result, or the purpose. Naturally, this knowledge must serve a purpose. 
if it doesn't serve the purpose, so anything that is purposeful is always what is sought to be conveyed. Idea is that a text conveys something, we always wish to convey something that is purposeful. This is taken for granted. That we will not waste our time and effort in communicating that which is meaningless or purposeless. The idea is that the, the mind always is utilitarian. It always looks for some benefit. It always looks for some advantage. So whoever is listening or whoever is studying or reading must necessarily see, be seeking some kind of a benefit for, for read, from reading or studying or listening to that. Since we always go for benefit, and therefore it is assumed that whenever any communication takes place, there must be some benefit for the one to whom this is communicated. And so, so the Upanishad communicates. What does it communicate? Advitiya vastu, this truth which is advitiyam, one non-dual. There must be some benefit in knowing the truth, otherwise there will be no purpose in talking about it. So is there a benefit? Then Upanishad or the text itself must mention benefit also. When a salesman goes and sells something, then that salesman should also show what is the benefit of buying that product. If there is no benefit, then what's the point? In fact, there must be some uniqueness also in that product, which other products are not able to give. Well, even if it is detergent, they will give you all this. They will always mention some uniqueness. Even if it is a cereal, uniqueness. High in fiber, or low in sodium, or cholesterol-free, or something which you don't get elsewhere. That uniqueness must be there, and there must be some benefit of taking this cereal over someone else, some other cereal, because whatever, I don't know, whatever benefit, you know. Or even a detergent. It depends on a good salesman, that's all. That shows I'm not a good salesman. But then a salesman is the one who can sell anything and show a benefit. So you can create an interest. Idea is that you can create an interest and enthusiasm in the student only when the student finds some benefit. And therefore, the teacher himself must mention the benefit. Or whoever communicates should also mention the benefit or the utility or the result. Otherwise, that communication is not complete. So if you find sometimes that the listeners are not interested in what you are saying, then perhaps you are not able to establish the benefit that the listener has for listening to you. And so, why should anybody listen to anybody? Why should anybody read anything? Why should anybody do anything at all? Unless there is something to be gained. Understand? Everybody wants always some benefit. There is always some purpose. <coughs> Well, Swamiji, but there are people who serve. They don't seek any personal benefit at all. But that is the benefit for them. They get a satisfaction out of doing something. Then you provide them an opportunity to do, for them to do something, you know. Well, that's the benefit. So unless that link is established, you know, we cannot proceed. And therefore, this text also should mention what the benefit is. Phalam tu. So phalam, and that text also mentions, Prakarana Pradipadyasya Atmagnyanasya Atmagnyanasya Atmagnyanam The knowledge of the self Prakarana Pradipadyam Which is the subject matter of the sixth chapter that we are talking about or subject matter of the Upanishad The knowledge of the self which is the subject matter of the Upanishad Tad Anushthanasya Not only is there a benefit in the knowledge but there is a benefit even in Anushthanam even in pursuing this knowledge even as you pursue the knowledge, there is a benefit. 
and they say not only the destination is wonderful but even the path leading to the destination also is very scenic and very enjoyable and similarly also not only knowledge of the self is most fulfilling certainly but even the very pursuit in the form of shravanam mananam nirdhyasanam in the form of listening reflecting that as we keep on listening and as we understand as the clarity comes to us as the notions drop off then we may experience an immediate release it is not that the release is to be experienced at some point in time that until that time we are bound and the release happens momentarily it is that as you go along the release you know keeps on happening because what is bondage is nothing but this bunch of notions which have become so deeply rooted that they only have become real right now and as i see the mithyatvam or the false falsity of those notions and as the drop off there is a release and therefore tat anusthana seva or even the very pursuit of the knowledge also is beneficial <coughs> or you can say that the benefit of the pursuit of knowledge is knowledge itself you know so that you are doing shravanam mananam or whatever else you are doing you are doing basically the pursuit is the pursuit of the knowledge of the self and that requires preparations also in terms of preparing your mind which would require maybe prayers or worship study contemplation certain attitudes resolving things in the mind it's a whole package so all of that you do and what's the benefit of all these practices is the knowledge of the self shravanaadi sadhananam brahmaatmaikatva vijnanam prayojanam so sadhanam sadhanam is a means that you adopt or means that you implement means that you pursue in order to achieve the end so ultimate end is moksha or freedom and what is the means of that freedom atmagnanam knowledge of the self is the means for the freedom and what is the means for the knowledge of the self shravanaadi the shravanam mananam nirdhyasanam samadhi as it is mentioned here these are the means for gaining the knowledge of the self so this very pursuit of uh, study and and contemplation is meaningful in as much as it leads to the knowledge of the self and of course the self knowledge is meaningful in as much as it it results into freedom or liberation so tat anusthanasya tatra tatra shruyamanam prayojanam in every text we hear the prayojanam the purpose or the benefit that is mentioned by every text <coughs> Yathatatra, just as in the sixth chapter of Chandogya Upanishad, which is then the discussion. Acharyavan Purusho Veda says, Who is the one who comes to know the truth? Acharyavan Purushaha. The Purusha, the person who is a teacher, comes to know the truth. In any field. And Chandogya Upanishad brings out this point in a very interesting manner. That it, it says that there was a man who was blindfolded. with a hands tied behind his back and he was kidnapped by some rogues by some thieves and left in a deep forest all by himself and it was all dark he didn't know so he was screaming and shouting because he could not see anything and his hands were tied behind his back and therefore he could not uh, release him he could not remove his blindfold he did not know where to go and therefore he was screaming for help 
At that time, somebody happened to pass by and that, that person happened to be very compassionate. So that person comes to this man who is blindfolded and unties and releases his hands and removes the blindfold and the man sees everything and finds that he is in a deep forest. And this man asks him, where do you come from? So I come from a place, I come from the country called the Gandhara. And I have been brought here by these thieves and I have been left here and I don't know where that place, how to go back. Then this man knew where that place was. So first of all, this man who came, he removed his, he untied his hands, removed his blindfold and then also showed him the direction. Look, Gandhara is in this direction and this is how you should go. And as you go along the path, also keep on checking. So as you go along also, keep on verifying. Ask the people as you go along and verify that the direction in which you are going is the right direction. Saying that, meaning therefore, thereby that this jiva, this, the self, the soul, let us say, when it comes to the world, it is like a blindfolded person who has been kidnapped and has been left into a deep forest. This world is like a forest and we are lost people and blindfolded because ignorant. There is this blindness of ignorance. And then we don't know where to go, in which direction to go. And wherever you go, you soon fall in one pit, then you go in some other direction and fall elsewhere. And that's how the life has been going on, you know. So it is all groping in the dark. And when one screams for help, and then if a compassionate person happens to come along, as a result of the fructification of the virtues of many life, you might get someone who comes along your path and then removes your blindfold, unties your hands and shows you the direction. That's the teacher. That's called Acharya. And so Chandogya Upanishad says that Acharyavan Purushoveda, the person who is blindfolded can never find his path and he is not able to remove the blindfold by himself and therefore there is no way that he can find his way. So he requires necessarily someone who will remove, who will, he will remove this blindfolds. And therefore, an ignorant person, if he himself gropes and studies, that's not the way to do. He requires a teacher who will remove this blindfold. And therefore, Upanishad makes a point, Acharyavan Purusha Veda. Who will come to know Veda? Who comes to know? Acharyavan Purusha, the person who is possessed of Acharya, who has a teacher. <coughs> Having said that, then Upanishad continues, Tasya tavadeva chiram yavanda vimokshe asa sampatshe. Now when this knowledge is gained, then how long does it take to be liberated? In fact, the knowledge itself is liberation. But even after gaining the knowledge because of prarabdha or destiny of this body, this body continues to remain and therefore the wise person also continues to live in this body. And whatever situations and circumstances destiny creates for that person, that person has to go through. So the freedom is there, but still there is a little bit of an obstacle in terms of bondage that one experiences on account of the body. Only so long this person has to wait. As long as the body is not dropped off, so long the person has to wait. And then when this body drops off, even this apparent obstacle which is there also is gone, sampatse, and the one becomes one with Sat or Brahman. So it is said there about wise men, and this is a very important passage 
of Chandogya Upanishad, which mentions what we call Jivan Mukti. Jivan Mukti means the liberation while living, which this text also will discuss. And this statement is one of the important statements there. That even after gaining knowledge also, one continues to live. That the body does not drop off when you are enlightened. The question is that when a person is enlightened, then why should uh, he continue to live? Because there is nothing to be accomplished. And when there is no purpose to be served, then naturally this life will not be, the body will drop off. says, no, the body is born because of what we call prarabdha karma, and it will continue to live as long as the momentum that prarabdha is. And so the wise man continues to live. And when this body drops off, even that little bit of obstacle which is there also goes away. <clears throat> In short, the, the benefit or the purpose or the result of the knowledge is the vimoksha, is a total liberation. <clears throat> or here it says sampatti. Sampatti means becoming one with Brahman, becoming one with one's own nature. Iti advitiya vastu jnanasya tat praptihi prayojanam shruyare. And therefore, the prayojanam is tat praptihi, brahma praptihi. So, brahma veda, brahma yuva bhavati. Mundaka Upanishad says, brahma veda, brahma yuva bhavati. Sayohavai tat brahma veda, brahma yuva bhavati. One who comes to know Brahman, becomes Brahman. One who comes to know the limitless, becomes limitless. How can it be that you know Brahman and you become Brahman? Because the very self is Brahman. Brahman is the nature of the very knower. Like saying that the tenth man, by knowing the tenth man, becomes tenth man. So by knowing tenth man, he becomes tenth man. Why? Because he was the tenth man to begin with. And similarly also, like the wave becomes water. So by knowing the water, the wave becomes water. Because the wave is water to begin with, it is only the ignorance that made the wave look for water and everywhere else. Or like the tenth man becoming the tenth man because the seeker is a sort. And therefore, the seeker in this case also is a sort, meaning, so what I am seeking is what I am. So Upanishad says, Brahma Veda, Brahma Yuhavati. Or Chandogya Upanishad says in the seventh chapter, Tardishokam Atmavita. Atmavit, the knower of the self, Shokam Tarati, crosses the ocean of grief. The knower of the self crosses the ocean of grief. Meaning, one becomes released from grief and sadness when one comes to know the self. Because self is what we find, what we are seeking. Why is a person sad? Shoka. Why is there grief and sadness? The grief is because of one's own self. I find myself not what I want to be. I find myself, as we said, an unacceptable self. When I discover that, I am the acceptable one. I am what I am seeking. There is always an ideal that I have. And I find that I do not measure up to that ideal. I realize that I am that ideal that I have been seeking. Then all the grief goes away. Therefore, Taradishokam Atmavit, the knower of the self, crosses the ocean of grief. <coughs> this statement is taken from a famous dialogue, which is in the seventh chapter of Chandogya, between the teacher Sat Kumara, and the disciple Narada. Sage Narada is the disciple there and Sanat Kumara is the uh, teacher. And the sage Narada approaches Sanat Kumara 
with a request for teaching him Brahman. And Sanat Kumar asked him, you first tell me what all you know and then I will teach you. Then Narada Muni, the sage Narada, there gives a whole list of what all he knew. He knew everything. There was no branch of knowledge which he did not know, including dancing and including grammar and including anything that you can think of. And then says, Soham Bhagavashtuchami, I who is so learned as this and so highly regarded as this, Suchami, internally I am grieving. Meaning that all the accomplished, I am the, one of the most accomplished ones and very highly regarded by the world. I, such as that, is grieving from within. And therefore, I have to come, I have come to you. Shrutam me bhavadrasebhya. From great sages like you I have heard, tardishokamatmavit, that the knower of the self crosses the grief. I am grieving. And I have heard that the knower of the self crosses the grief. Tanmam bhagavan shokasiparam taraitu. May the revered sir please enable me to cross this ocean of grief by imparting me the knowledge of the self. So, this is how the introduction is there in the seventh chapter, which is also Upanishad. In short, the knowledge of the self releases one from all the sadness and grief. And that is what we call the phalam, the result. The result is release. Release from whatever one considers to be bondage. Sometimes one wants to be released from sadness. Okay, that is the release. One wants to be released from smallness. Release. One wants to be released from bondage from dependence, etc. This this moksha and moksha is a result of this knowledge which every text mentions. <coughs> so this is phalam. Inasmuch as this knowledge is beneficial, it serves the purpose of life, it brings in fulfillment in life and therefore that that is that determines the theme of what is to be conveyed. That is phalam. Then we come to Arthavada. Arthavada is eulogy as it is translated here. So, Arthavada is that which you, uh, the, the, you praise something in order to create an interest in the student. It is customary also to praise and therefore uh, that's called Arthavada. <coughs> that's the passage 189. Prakarana Pratipadhyasya Prakarana Pratipadhyasya Tatra Tatra Prashamsanam Arthavadaha Yatha Tatraiva Uta Tamadesham Aprakshyaha Yena Ashrutam Shrutam bhavati amatam matam avignatam vignatam iti advidiya vastu prashamsanam. Prakarana pradipadhyasya tatra tatra prashamsanam arthavadaha. Arthavada is a technical term also. And Arthavada is found in, in, in two forms, either praising what you wish to convey or condemning the opposite. 
So we find Upanishads always praising the the knowledge of the non-dual or praising the truth that is non-dual and condemning the people who are ignorant of this. So wisdom is always praised and ignorance is condemned naturally. So prakrana pradipadyasya tatra tatra prasamsanam arsavadaha. So prasamsanam, praising of that which is sought to be conveyed is called arsavadaha. This arsavada or the praise or this eulogy is as we said, in order to enjoin something. See, whenever you want a person to do something, then you always, whenever you want to motivate someone. So this arthavada or eulogy is to motivate a person. Suppose you want a person to do a given task. How do you motivate? How do you motivate a child to go to school, for example? By, by showing the child all the benefits to be gained as a result of learning. So this will be called arsavada. You say, do you know that when you go to school what happens? Well, you will become a high school graduate. Then what? Then you can go to college. Then what? You can become a doctor. You become a millionaire. So that is how the father tells the child. If you become a doctor, you become a millionaire. The millionaire the fellow wants to be. You ask, you know, it's interesting. Even the small children in the uh, fifth and the sixth grade, it seems once, you know, somebody was telling me, in the school, the teacher asked the children to write their two best wish, two wishes. Suppose you, your wish is fulfilled. So write two best wishes that you want. Two things that you want very much, you know. So what did the children write? Many children wrote that they wanted a certain motor car. Somebody wanted to be a millionaire. Somebody wanted to be a... So they are very clear about what they want. And therefore the child also wants to be a millionaire. Even doesn't understand what million is, he understands what luxuries and what comforts are. And therefore, you see, a doctor, if you become a doctor, you will be, or a lawyer, you will become a millionaire. That I want to be. I want to become a lawyer. If you want to become a lawyer, you must go to college. I will go to college. If you want to go to college, then you must uh, be a high school graduate first. I will become a high school graduate. If you want to go to high school graduate, you must go to high school. I will go to high school. Before going to high school, you must go to junior school. I'll go to junior school. Before you go to junior school, you must go to the primary school. I'll go to primary school. So this is how you motivate that. He wants to play. He doesn't want to go to school. Nobody wants to go to school. How do you motivate that fellow to go to school? By showing him the result, by praising him the result. So motivation is created by always praising the result. Not only presenting the result, but praising the result. And you also condemn the opposite. You know what happens to the people who don't go to school? You'll be on welfare. You know, that's what he'll be shown. See, this is the kind of place you'll have to live. Or you'll live in a pipe. You'll be a homeless fellow. So this is what you tell him. He doesn't want that. So condemnation of the opposite and praising of the, uh, of what is, what is, con- con- what is to be conveyed motivates the person. So purpose of Arthavada is motivation, to motivate. And this is how we motivate everybody in the life also. That's how we make people do things. Of course you can make them do by threat, etc. But usually, you know, we have this whole incentive scheme, etc. So you apply for a job and they give an advertisement for a job, they'll tell you all kinds of packages that they give you. And and then show you how that, that job is the very best in the world. And that company has the, the most benefits to offer. That's how everybody presents themselves. In order 
to create a new an interest or motivation it is very necessary to motivate a person even for this knowledge also a person must be motivated why should we seek this knowledge all right suppose i become liberated i'll become liberated what do i care i'll do it later as i was telling on this sunday this young man just got married and went to this uh, uh, this holy person you know for his blessing so while giving the blessing this holy man said to him okay every day study bhagavad gita now that you are married fine do whatever else you are doing but make sure that every day you study bhagavad gita this young man says i'll study when i retire you know why should i study bhagavad gita now i have many other things to do so unless he find some benefit in that and some overwhelming benefit nobody is going to be motivated to do this kind of a thing and this requires a lot of exertion to prepare shama dama uparama tetiksha amanitvam madambhitvam oh it requires a lot of effort effort to study your mind concentration meditation study grammar and all kinds of things are required it's not an ordinary thing people out there are much better off you know living a, a life of pleasure seeking and this is much more difficult why would one be motivated unless there is some great benefit to be gained and therefore the every upanishad presents this arthavada in one form or the other by praising the result or condemning the result of ignorance smrtyo smrtyam apnodi yehinaneva pashyati says that one who only lives in the one who is steeped in duality goes from death to death that's how condemning this knowledge of duality and praising the knowledge of the non dual so this we find in upanishads again and again this is called arthavada this is a method that we also follow in our day to day life and that method we find also followed in the scriptures <coughs> in chandogya upanishad how do you find arthavada this knowledge is praised in chandogya upanishad how knowledge of brahman uta tamadesham apraksha yesterday we said how udalaga confronted shvetaketu how the father confronted the son because the son was very stiff very arrogant proud thinking very highly of himself and thinking that he knew everything and so the father called the son and asked him that you are all very learned and very proud so surely you know that thing what thing yutatamadesham apraksha did you ask for that teaching yena shrutam shrutam bhavadi that by which the unheard what is unheard becomes heard what is unthought of becomes thought of which unknown becomes known i'm sure that you must have known this and therefore you seem to be so proud and new uh, then the student calm down he became humble says no this is something that i have never heard of i never my teacher never taught me and i'm sure that my teacher also did not knew need not know and therefore you revere sir you may please teach me this but when would shvetaketu be interested in knowing you think shvetaketu bowed down he said no he was not the one to do because he was very proud but he, when he came to know the here is knowledge or here is something by knowing which everything is well become known that you become omniscient that shravanam mananam nidhyasanam by listening to this you listen to everything and by reflecting upon this you reflected upon everything and by knowing this you know everything then he said oh this is something exciting mundaka upanishad also 
कस्मिन् भगवो विज्ञाते सर्वेदम विज्ञानम भवदीति शौनको होई महाशाल है दैदी डिसाइपल इज ए गृहस्था शौनक ही अप्रोच द टीचर अंगिरस एंड देन आस्क दिस क्वेश्चन दैट्स हाउ द उपनिषद ओपन्स बिगिन्स कस्मिन् भगवो विज्ञाते सर्वेदम विज्ञातम भवदीति ओ भगवह ओ रिवियर्ड सर व्हाट इज इट नोइंग व्हिच एवरीथिंग बिकम्स नोन is there something knowing which everything becomes known and if there is so what is it so there is this innate desire in the human mind to know everything because there is a great curiosity in our intellect the knowing faculty and therefore i always want to know i cannot tolerate ignorance when i find that i do not know something i do not understand something i feel very frustrated because i always want to know i always want to be on the top of things and I always have that great satisfaction when I feel that I know. So knowledge always brings about happiness. Therefore, it is said, Satyam Gnanam Anandam or Vignanam Anandam Brahma. That knowledge itself is Anandam. So I am seeking happiness is the same as I am seeking knowledge, because it is knowledge which really gives me lasting happiness. The sense pleasure etc. give me happiness up to a certain point, but a person grows out of that. any intelligent person is going to grow out of this pleasure seeking business because it's all unstable and fleeting and when he's seeking that lasting happiness and one realizes that it is knowledge that gives us even that's the reason why people pursue the knowledge of worldly things like sciences and what not which gives them great happiness great satisfaction then what to talk of knowledge of the self which gives lasting satisfaction so this is how this desire on the part of the human mind to know everything is it is what becomes the subject matter of the upanishad that that desire is sought to be satisfied that you want to know everything well here is is not is that knowing which everything is as well known <clears throat> and then many examples are given that will be the next passage but how can it be yena sakala prapancha dishthana brahma swarupa shravanena अश्रुतम प्रपंच जातम अभी श्रुतम भवदी यदि द कमेंटेटर एक्सप्लेन्स द स्टेटमेंट ये न अश्रुतम श्रुतम भवदी दैट बाय व्हिच एवरीथिंग इज एज़ वेल हर्ड बाय हियरिंग व्हिच यू हैव एज़ वेल हर्ड एवरीथिंग हाउ कैन इट बी हाउ कैन इट बी बाय दैट बाय हियरिंग वन थिंग दैट यू हैव एज़ वेल हर्ड एवरीथिंग बिकॉज़ दैट वन थिंग इज व्हाट ब्रह्मन एंड व्हाट इज दैट ब्रह्मन सकल प्रपंच अधिष्ठानम the substratum of the entire creation the essence of the entire creation so when you hear about that sakal prapancha jatam api shrutam bhavati asti bhati priyam rupam and nama asti bhati priyam and name and form are the five aspects of everything every object has its five aspects a name form it is it shines and it is of the source of happiness asti bhati and priyam so asti bhati priyam which is sat chit ananda is the very substratum very essence very content of every name and form every name and form really when closely inquired into resolves into this asti bhati and priyam every name resolves into that which is devoid of name every form resolves into the formless all qualified dissolves into unqualified all assemblies dissolve into that which is free from the assembly this is what we find so the asti bhati priyam is the essence of every name and form 
सो नोइंग अस्ति भादी प्रियम यू एज वेल नोन एवरीथिंग और लिसनिंग टू अस्ति भादी प्रियम यू लिसन टू एवरीथिंग नोइंग गोल्ड यू नोन ऑल द ऑर्नामेंट्स सिमिलरली आल्सो नोइंग ब्रह्मन व्हिच इज द एसेंस और सबस्ट्रेटम ऑफ द होल प्रपंच यू एज वेल नोन सो श्रवण हियरिंग व्हाट ब्रह्मन यू एज वेल हर्ड एवरीथिंग येन ब्रह्म ज्ञानेन अज्ञातम सर्वम जगत ज्ञातम भवति एंड देन व्हाई नॉलेज ऑफ इट ब्रह्मन the whole universe which is unknown becomes as well known in what sense it becomes known not that you know the details it is not that by knowing the gold that you know the details of all the ornaments but you know the ornament as far as the essence is concerned and so also by knowing brahman or knowing the self you know the whole universe because the self is the essence of everything then it's all name and form but in essence everything is nothing but the self and thus yena brahma sakshat karana sakshat kritam bhavati ब्रह्मण सर्वत संप्रदस्थानीत्वादिथ इन भगवदगीता द रिजल्ट ऑफ दिस नॉलेज इज इज कंपेर्ड टू द फ्लडिंग ऑफ द रिवर हाउ वेन द रिवर फ्लड्स इट कवर्स ऑल लिटिल स्मॉल वेल्स एंड सिमिलरली ऑल्सो दिस नॉलेज कवर्स सो वट एवर लिटिल सेटिस्फैक्शन यू कैन गेट फ्रॉम डिफरेंट अचीवमेंट्स ऑल ऑफ दैट कंबाइन इज द सेटिस्फैक्शन दैट यू गेन फ्रॉम द नॉलेज इन डिफरेंट वेज दैट इज हाउ द अर्थवाद ऑफ द प्रेजिंग इज डन and knowing one you know everything and this is a, a topic of great discussion a big big topic of discussion in brahma sutra and in shankara bhashya prakritisya brahman is both the material as well as efficient cause it is not only material cause it is efficient cause as well had it been just the material cause then you would know the material you know the whole universe by knowing the material cause but still the creator would not be known the efficient cause but brahman is both the creator as well as creation and therefore knowing one you know everything therefore the point is always made advitiyam sankhya say that the matter is different and the spirit is different so by knowing the cause of the world you know only matter you don't know the spirit by knowing the spirit you do not know the matter says so no matter and spirit both of them are the two aspects of one reality this what for example the today scientists say that the matter seems to exhibit sometimes the phenomenon called the wave and sometimes the phenomenon called the particle says real truth is that which is the substratum of both the wave and the particle it is one reality which now manifests as particles or as manifests as wave so wave and particle are the two manifestations of a reality which is basic to both of them and similarly also spirit and matter as we know are both of them the manifestation of one reality both the spirit and matter both of them resolve in one reality which we call chaitanyam consciousness awareness whatever you call it these are the words we have but when the word consciousness is used we always confine it to this sentience we always confine it to life and things like that because we have our own idea of what consciousness is now when vedanta uses the word consciousness or awareness it is a substratum of both the spirit and matter spirit is called purusha matter is called prakriti so that which is the basis for both purusha and prakriti therefore by knowing that the spirit and matter both are known purusha and prakriti both are known this was the subject matter of the 13 chapter of gita all the subject matter of a text called drukdrashya viveka this is how the knowledge is praised by knowing one thing you know everything <clears throat> 
so this is called arthavada purpose of arthavada is to motivate the person to pursue a given thing and vedas commonly employ this method to motivate people to perform action see how do you motivate a person to perform these rituals particularly the daily obligatory duties how do you motivate them it's not difficult to motivate them to perform actions which yield direct results that you get wealth and prosperity and name and fame and comfort and heavens person will be motivated but how do you motivate a person to perform worship or perform the daily obligatory duties only when you show some benefit or akarane pratyavaya or you show how by failing to do that you will land into trouble or you will incur this this kind of a default will happen and this sin will be incurred and so either praising or condemning the opposite this is how you motivate so parvada vasavada is to motivate or create motivation or enthusiasm in the student to pursue this knowledge <coughs> that's how shvetaketu was motivated that's how shvetaketu asked is there such a thing please tell me and that's how the teaching began and finally we come to upapattihi upapatti means reasoning so the next passage प्रकरण प्रतिपाद्य अर्थ साधने तत्र तत्र युक्ति उपपत्ति यथा तत्र यथा सौम्य एकेन मृत्पिंडेन मृत्पिंडय विज्ञात सैचारंभण विकारो नामधेय मृत्तिव सत्यद अद्वितीय वस्तुसाधने वाचारंभण मुक्ति श्रूयते प्रकरण प्रतिपाद्य अर्थ साधने दी सब्जेक्ट मैटर दैट इज डिस्कस्ड बाय द टेक्स्ट अर्थ साधने in support of that so in support of the matter in support of the subject matter that you are presenting you must also provide adequate reasoning to support what you are saying it's always necessary it's not enough that we just make statements because intellect always requires reasoning unless the mind understands unless the intellect understands it is not going to be able to grasp anything so the intellect can grasp only when something is within the fold of reason and intellect always works on the basis of reason and therefore even though the truth is beyond reason or the truth is not a product of reason still the truth is reasonable meaning the life will make sense only when this uh, life will only make sense when we start on the basis of what the upanishads reveal ekameva dvitiyam that the truth is one without a second so then alone the life will make sense 
So whatever Vedanta tells us, the basic principles of Vedanta, only when we begin with that, from that as a basis, then alone we will find that everything in the life makes sense. Otherwise it doesn't make sense. <coughs> so I mean still it doesn't make sense. Still a lot of things don't make sense. You know. Now if somebody tells me this weekend, Swamiji, what's, how, how, what's the proof that there is rebirth? Or there was past birth? What's the proof? So there's no proof because there's no evidence. Yeah, but then how can we accept it? Well, if you don't accept it, then what will you accept? Tell me. If you don't accept rebirth, then what do you want to accept? No, no rebirth. Okay. Then it becomes very ridiculous that you are born with, for no rhyme and reason. You are born and you have some very unique personality which is different from everyone else and you are stuck with a lot of limitations and you have some uh, virtues also. But how do you explain the diversity that I am what I am and you are what you are? How do, what, what explains it? We can always find some reason in terms of genetics. But yeah, but why? Why should you born to these parents? Suppose you say that the parents are the cause for you. Why should you born here? If parents are always the cause, and how five children in the same family exhibit different characteristics. And some of the characteristics may be traced to the parents, but not all of them. And therefore, you can't explain the personality merely by blaming parents for what you are or, or showing them as a cause. So that there must be some cause. And then what all you are doing in this life, what happens to that? Then parents cannot be said to be the cause for what all you are doing. And what will happen to the uh, action that you are performing? That you must necessarily experience a result. So life will not make sense unless we accept a continuity of life. And similarly also, if you don't accept the truth which is one, if you think that the selves are many and the truth is many, that just doesn't make sense at all. Truth cannot be many, truth has to be one and applicable to every time, every place, every situation, to everything. Therefore, ekameva dvitiyam, one without a second, that alone makes sense. Duality doesn't make sense. Everyone is seeking non-duality, everyone is seeking to merge into the thought, everyone is seeking to be free from every form of limitation. That is an innate urge and that is an uncreated desire. It's not that one day I thought that I want to be free, I find myself desiring freedom. Even a child desires freedom. So everyone wants to be free from every form of limitation. Nobody wants even the slightest kind of bondage. Now when one is born with that desire, there must be some way of fulfilling that desire. And the only way it can be fulfilled is if you are already free. Otherwise, there is no way that by becoming something you can be free. By becoming big, you cannot become free because when you become one, you have to give up something else. When you become big, when you become rich, well, you, the poverty has to be given up. So then rich is rich and not poor. When you become tall, well, the shortness is to be given up. And therefore, every gain always accompanied by a loss and therefore, no gain can make you free or limitless. So to be limitless is my innate desire. And there is no way that I can become limitless because every process of becoming is always limited. And that means that my desire can never be fulfilled. That is also a conclusion that you can never fulfill your desire. That also is wrong because then desire would not have been there. So only way that it makes sense is that I must be already free. If you are already free, then how come you find yourself searching for freedom? That I do not know. That's how we come to so-called ignorance. And the self must be already free. And then alone my desire to be free or liberated can be satisfied. Not otherwise. <clears throat> Then freedom can be, if I have to be free from every form of limitation, there cannot be a second. 
Drityadvai bhayam bhavati. Moment there is a second, moment there is something or someone other than me, there is going to be a sense of limitation. A one will always limit the other one because I am not that and that is not I. So in order to be free, I cannot have a sense of limitation. Therefore, there cannot be duality in freedom. Freedom or limitlessness has means non-dual. And therefore, life makes sense only when we start from the basis of non-duality. It is not that we can prove non-duality. It is not that we can arrive at the non-duality by logic. But only when you start with non-duality as a basis, then alone life will make sense. People always ask questions and want to, they go in the reverse way. They want us to prove how Brahman can be this and how Brahman can be that. Question is, how can Brahman be this? How can Brahman be that? Don't ask that question. Ask how you are what you are. Don't ask how Brahman. How, how can there be non-duality when we experience duality? First ask the question, what you are experiencing? Upanishad is a Pramanam. Your mind is not the Pramanam. What is Pramanam? Upanishad. Upanishad says, Ekameva Dvidiyam. Truth is one without a second. Then you ask question, how can there be duality? Ask that question. How can there be non-duality when I am experiencing duality? No. How can there be duality when the Upanishad says, the truth is non-dual? Then you will come to see that the duality is not the ultimate thing, that the duality resolves into non-dual. Thus, life makes sense only when we begin from the basis or the premise that the Upanishad presents to us. <coughs> Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. And that is how the sadhana, the yukti. But still the Upanishad gives us a yukti. What is yukti? To show that world is mithya. How can there be, how can the truth be non-dual when our experience is in the realm of duality? Then the Upanishad shows that the duality is mithya. How does it show? By giving illustration, logical illustration. Yatha somya ekena mrutpindena sarvam runmayam vijnatam syat. Hey somya, oh good looking one. Yatha ekena mrutpindena. Just by, just as by knowledge of one mrutpinda. Mrutpinda means by knowledge of one lump of clay. Sarvam runmayam vijnatam syat. Everything that is made of clay becomes known. How by knowing one lump of clay, everything that is made of clay is as well known? Why is it so? Vachanambhanam vikaro namadhem. What you call a part? How can you know all the parts by knowing the clay? Because what is a part? Vachanambhanam vikaro namadhem. Vikara means modification. In this case a part. Vachanambhanam is something that is only an effort of speech. Namadhem, namamatram. What you call part? has no reality beyond the name part. What you call part is in fact nothing but clay. Then why do we call it part? Vacharamhanam, it is merely concept in your own mind. And the reality of which is nothing more than the word part. So only reality that the object part enjoys is nothing more than the word part. Because when you use a word, there must be a corresponding object. When you use the word clay, there is a corresponding object there in front of you. So if that is clay, now you use the word part for the same object. And what you have in front of you is clay. So where does the word part land? It doesn't land anywhere. It comes back to you, really speaking, when you inquire into the, into the nature of what is a part, 
you find that the object is nothing but the clay and therefore the, the part is merely a notion in your mind, something that we project upon the clay and it is by our own fancy that we call this clay a part. So reality a part is nothing more than a name part. Wherever modification is, what is the cause, the truth is, the cause is the truth, the effect is mitya. Clay, mrtikai teva satyam, mrtikai means clay, clay is real and vikara or a part is unreal or mitya. So this is how the teacher shows how what we call a product or effect or modification is mitya and what is real is cause. And the whole world is mitya because whole world is an effect, is a product, is a modification. Modification of what? Modification of the fundamental cause which is Brahman and therefore what is Satyam? Brahma is Satyam and the whole duality is Mithya. And this is how by logic also it is not that what Upanishad says is not lo- is, is unreasonable. It is very reasonable. It is not arrived at by reason but then it is reasonable in as much as when we accept that as a basis then the life makes sense. Ityadav Advidiyavastu sadhane vikarasya vacharam manamatratve yuktihi shuyate Mṛdvikāreṣu ghatādiṣu vikāranāṁ dheyoho vācāraṁ manamātratvena yasā mṛttvameva avasishyate Just as when you take an object such as a part and analyze as to what it is, then it resolves into nothing but clay. Nānyata tathā chidvivartasya prapanchasya girinadī samudrātmaka vikāranāṁ dheyoho vācāraṁ manamātratvāt Just as a part is a modification, so also a mountain is a modification, a river modification, a forest modification, people modifications. Each of these modifications resolves into what? Chidvivartasya. All of these are projections, names and forms are projections upon asti, bhati and priyam. <coughs> Just as a snake is a projection upon the robe and upon the inquiry reveals itself to a robe and so also every name and form reveals itself to be nothing but asti, bhati and priyam. So just as a snake is projected upon the robe, so also the names and forms are all projected upon asti, bhati, priyam. And that is how ityadav advitiya vastu sadhane vikarasya vachara manamatratve yuktihi shruyate To arrive at advitiya vastu, to arrive at the vastu of the truth which is advitiyam non-dival, this particular reason or yukti is given. This yukti, yukti means reason or the logical reasoning is given. The, uh, that how, what we call the duality is mithya and thus by showing the mithyatvam the duality. So understanding the mithyatvam or unreality of the duality becomes an aid to understand the non-dual. It is not that the non-dual is arrived at by logic. Logic is presented to show the mithyatvam or unreality of duality. And when you see this fact that the duality is unreal, then it makes sense that yes, the reality, non-dual is a reality. So logic there in Chandogya Upanishad is of the nature of showing the mithyatvam or unreality of duality, which becomes sadhanam, which becomes an aid in arriving at the truth which is non-dual. And thus, every Upanishad presents its own yukti, its own, yukti, its own reasoning to arrive at the theme which is presented by the text.